This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Automation is hot. It's new, exciting, and it's sexy. And let's be real for a second. Everyone loves it when their job gets a little bit easier. Every day, new tools are added and implemented into the modern marketing stack, and personalization tools and chatbots are being used with more and more regularity. But how can we optimize those tools even more? What does the optimal marketing tool look like? The most overlooked thing is people forget that people are human and they use automation to make a bunch of robots. And I don't know about you, but I don't like hanging out with robots. I like hanging out with people. And if your marketing makes me feel like I'm a human and I'm interacting with a human, I'm usually going to be much, much more engaged with it. Dan McGaw is the founder and CEO of McGaw.io, a company that focuses on helping marketers get the most out of their technology stack. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Dan details how marketing tools can and should become more human. And he explains the key obstacles that prevent marketers from having a clean revenue generating funnel. Plus, he reveals the one big tweak every marketer should make to their SMS channels to drive better results. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by special guest, Dan. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How about yourself? It's a great day. Great day to talk marketing uh, and excited to chat with you. Uh, We've kind of known each other from afar uh, over the past handful of years. Um, you know, I've, I've seen you talk a, a bunch of times at uh, the Growth Marketing Conference and others. So excited to have you on the show today uh, to chat about your background uh, and everything that's going on. So first, how'd you get started in marketing? Yeah, really, really good question. So interestingly enough, I got started in marketing from starting my own business. I had to figure out a way to um, basically get people to book our DJs and be interested in our DJs. So uh, back in 98, uh, 97, 98, I started one of the first online booking agencies. Um, so if anybody's seen the documentary Fire that's on Hulu and whatever, I'm kind of like that guy, except for not with the fraud. I uh, actually started a very successful booking agency that was online and we got DJs and producers booked at nightclubs. So I picked up marketing uh, at the age of 13 and I had to learn it really, really quickly. And this is before like MarTech was a thing. So uh, I kind of just had to learn on my own. I read a bunch of books searched the internet that didn't really exist and just won it. Got banned from AOL quite a few times for sending hundreds of thousands of emails through a service you're not supposed to send hundreds of thousands of emails through. So um, yeah, it was definitely the dark days, as I might say. <laughs> well, and you you recently published a new book called uh, Bill... Co- <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we're a, we're a family-friendly podcast, but you can, you can bleep it out, Aaron. Build cool... <laughs> A Blueprint to Creating a Marketing Technology Stack. So we're going to talk a bunch about MarTech Stack and your book. But can you tell us, uh, you know, right now, what does it mean to be CEO and founder of Maga.io? Oh, man, it means that you never stop doing meetings. That'd be the biggest thing. Just super busy. I mean, I, I luckily work with a bunch of different clients and stuff like that. My team does most of the work at these points. But I spend most of my time in meetings. And I spend more of my time worrying about people management and finance. Uh, then I would say marketing uh, at this point. But um, 
I always have my hand in our marketing here, but being a CEO is a ton of fun. I mean, I'm working 50 to 70 hours a week sometimes, but uh, I'm living the dream and this is everything I ever wanted. Isn't that the funny thing? You you, you finally get to the point where uh, all you're doing all day is working on really sweet marketing campaigns. And then you get one level above that and you're like, now I work on none of these. This is a lot less fun. <laughs> Yeah, I had to build an email uh, for a marketing campaign. One of my guys made it and I had to train him on uh, the way that I really like it. It was one of our internal campaigns. I mean, it was one of the best hours of the week uh, to go back to just doing marketing. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, your role changes as you advance in your career. Your, my role is going to continue to change here. Uh, I see myself probably more in the uh, lights of a Rand Fishkin as in I'll be CEO as long as I have to. And then eventually like let me back doing to what I really love and we'll hire a real CEO to run the company. But that's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah, you you always see the companies who have the uh, the the quote unquote professional CEO come in, and then the uh, the founder moves to like chief product officer or chief strategy officer or something like that. I always thought that was funny, um, especially with like technology companies, because uh, that person is usually you know that CEO is usually a, a builder, and you're not you're not probably building as much when you're the senior executive. But you also have uh, another organization. Uh, tell me about UTM. Yeah. So we also have another company called UTM.io. Uh, basically, everybody's used a UTM spreadsheet to make their campaign links. And we're the, we're the killer to that spreadsheet. So we really we, we have a, an amazing free plan that people use to build their UTM codes. It replaces your spreadsheet, does all kinds of cool stuff, has a cool Chrome extension. But then it has some really, really cool features for like enterprise companies. So it's a lot of fun, but it, it, it was started as an internal product. We, um, our strategy at Maga.io is to solve really hard problems for our customers. And then to take the really, really interesting problems, we can build software around and build software for them uh, to make it even easier for us and our customers. Um, so UTM.io used to be called the FN Amazing UTM Builder, uh, which <laughs> FN Amazing is our former company name. Uh, we used to have a bunch of FN Amazing tools, <laughs> which was always fun to, to have out there. But it was the FN Amazing UTM Builder. We had it for an internal product. And then um, we kept building features for ourselves. And then we put it out in the wild and like, hey, we can use this for lead gen. We'll make a free Chrome extension. And we were pretty surprised by the number of downloads. But then we just started having people like, hey, I'll pay you 500 bucks to build this feature. Like, can you build this thing? Like, I need it. I'll pay this money. And then we're like, yeah, we'll build it. Um, and that kept happening. So we said, well, why don't we just charge a subscription? We'll some of these paid plans. And then it uh, kind of snowballed. And then two years ago, we made it its own brand. So I'm the, I'm the CEO of both companies, which is funny in itself, because it just means double the fun, double the work. It's uh, definitely, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's also extremely exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, it's funny. So I didn't know this. And as we were prepping for the interview, uh, I'm always looking for for tools like this. Like this is sweet. So I'm going to check it out after this uh, and see because we always we always have lots of uses for for UTM stuff. And it is a huge pain. It's uh, it, it's it's super annoying. So you know, we'll we'll check it out after this, and uh, and I'm excited excited to use it. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, obviously, we talk a lot about Martech, our our amazing sponsor of the show. Salesforce is obviously, uh, and Marketing Cloud are, are, are deep in the Martech stack. Uh, we talk about Martech tools all the time. And, you know, marketers now at this point in time, if you're a CMO, I mean, if you're not a, a technology forward CMO at a minimum, uh, you're absolutely going to be left behind. Like you... You the the CMO and the CIO are, are more tightly aligned than ever before, and you know we've all seen the Martech charts of like the quadrillion Martech companies that are out there. Um, but there's a reason for that because we need it because we need yeah. to figure out what we're doing and, and how to prove that. So I guess where would you say we are and in, what inning are we in in in, in Martech uh, and uh, and how should CMOs and marketing leaders be thinking about this? 
Yeah, it's a fantastic question in regards to like what inning are we in? Um, I've been so wrong with my predictions in regards to Martech that like I almost give up at this point because every time I think that like it's going to slow down, it's not. I, I really don't know which inning we're in. What I can just definitely tell you is that there there's no end to this process right now. Um, there, there keeps becoming more and more tools and then tools on top of those tools. And I think Salesforce is a great example. Salesforce is obviously a massive, massive company. And they're, they're by far one of our favorite CRMs to work with. And we do a lot of work with it. But the, the crazy thing to think about is that the number of businesses that are just on top of Salesforce, right? Their business is to build a widget that's on top of Salesforce, generates over a billion dollars in revenue just off of that. So yeah. like the side business of that is crazy. So one of the things that I failed to understand a few years back is that um, there's tools that are being built on top of tools. And then these tools are getting tools on top of them. And like just from Chrome, st- Chrome extensions alone, um, there's so much more left to do. So I, I don't think that I think we're, we're right now, I would just have to say, like, there's no innings to it. It's kind of like uh, we're just right now we're going full speed ahead. Um, so there's going to keep being more tools. And even Scott Brinker and his team that work on like the massive MarTech landscape, they've had to rightfully say like, we need to crowdsource this because there's, we can't keep up. Like there's just too much and we're missing things. So I definitely think it's, it's going to keep going. Now, going back to the question though, about like, what would I say to CMOs or anybody who's involved with this stuff? Um, the, the biggest advice that I have to give these people is don't be a hipster. Don't try to be on the cutting edge of innovation all the time with everything. Because what happens is, is you wind up spending a lot of money on something that you end up having to like do nine times because you can never get it right the first time because it doesn't work with the internet or it doesn't integrate with this thing or you can't hire the team members that are going to effectively be able to use it. So be very conscious of, hey, we want to innovate, but we don't want to be the innovator. We need to innovate in our own companies, but we don't need to be the person that's on the bleeding of the bleeding of the bleeding edge. Because usually when you are you wind up having to pay 3x, 5x more money to be at that bleeding edge. And it's very, very seldom that you're the one who's going to get the returns. So it's okay to not be on the hottest new tools um, because many times the hottest new tools don't actually work. Like just don't. So it's something I always caution our clients with is do what you have to do sometimes. Don't always do what's hip. Yeah, I think, you know, there's two interesting points there. You know, obviously we don't we don't talk about Salesforce, you know, all the time on the show, but I think that example is is a really good point that it's like I think the Salesforce ecosystem, they revenues is four to one. So like for every dollar Salesforce makes, their partners make four. Uh, I think that was from a Dreamforce stat from a handful of years ago, which is crazy to think about. But so like I advise uh companyqualified.com, who we've had on the show a couple of times. And uh, and they're built. It's conversational marketing built on built on Salesforce, and like one of the, it's one of those tech, technologies that like I advise them because I think it's like just an obvious extension of marketing B two B marketing uh, for the enterprise. Like it's a no brainer that if somebody's on your website, you're going to want to talk to them in real time. Like if you're a sales rep, like it's not even like a martech problem. It's like how can sales talk to people faster? Of course, we would invest in something like that, and that's one of those mm. things that like. It's just, you, you, if you look for 10 years, like, of course, everyone's going to have something like that. Like, of course you would. Why would you not? And, and I think that that's the thing that's so amazing to me is like, there's so many tools and things that come out that like are so obvious once they kind of happen. And, you know, such is the life of, of technology that, that these things happen. And we're like, yeah, of, of course. But we're, you know, we're at like 8,000 marketing technologies at this point, And people are still going to continue making 
more and more stuff because we don't really have like a full understanding. And then you throw in GDPR and all this stuff. And now we might go, you know, and now everything will change altogether again of how we look at all this. So, you know, it's so evolving, it's so changing and, uh, and the technologies all will, will evolve to, to meet the needs of, of whatever the, the status quo is. Mm, no, a hundred percent. And yeah, there's, there's always going to be more tools. I mean, right now it's, it's death to the spreadsheet. Like UTM.io, we've been working on this problem for yep. a few years, but everybody is creating a product right now that's trying to kill your spreadsheet. Um, it's, it's just what's going to happen. So we have to understand, I think that the fascinating thing about evolution is like, I think about it with my kids. Like I have a 15-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 6-year-old. And they all have a different world that they have been raised in because things are so different for each one of their age groups. But it's like my 6-year-old, as an example, when he's my age, his understanding of like what is a problem is completely different than what I think a problem is. Because I'm like, oh, we've been dealing with that for 25 years, like whatever. And he's like, why did would anybody not solve this? And he would go do it. So it's very similar like UTM.io. UTMs have been around since like, I think the late nineties, I think the patent was uh, in like 2002. However, we've been using a spreadsheet for 20 years is the primary way that people have been managing this. And it wasn't until five years ago that multiple products came out that like, that's what they focused on was solving that, that thing. And I mean, we were, we're lucky to be one of the first people to that party, but we were not the first person to the party. I mean, there was four or five other companies that already did it. Right. So but yeah, so it's definitely interesting to see how people choose to solve problems and who solves them best. And when there's a new problem, uh, that when there's a new product, there's also a new problem that comes from that product. Yeah. And there's a new team that's going to bring it to market. And I think that's the other thing, like how you go to market, what is your motion, like all that stuff within the MarTech world is is really critical. And I think that there's so much competition there, but there's also a lot of like potential blue oceans that, you know, from a product standpoint might not feel like they're there, but in, in terms of like how you deliver it and things like that. Mm. So um, is there something that's like the most commonly overlooked part of a company's MarTech stack that you see? Oh, integration by far, right? Like, and that's what everybody's trying to, trying to solve today. Like, I don't think, I think that there's obviously every company is different in regards to the tools and customer data platforms are really hot. Like, and we do a lot of work with CDPs. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's overlooked. Right. Um, I definitely think like that's a new thing. So I don't think it's overlooked. But I think the biggest thing that people overlook is the the need to integrate. Right. That's the thing that they fail to do time in and time again is actually connect all these tools together so they can really have a true visibility into the customer journey. I think that's probably the biggest thing that we see overlooked is they'll have like few things connected between Salesforce and Marketo. Uh, they'll have a few things set up there, but they're doing kind of a hokey job. Uh, but then th those are the only two things they'll integrate, right? And they won't even integrate their web analytics with that. They won't integrate their advertising campaigns with that. And people just really miss the boat on integration. So who do you work with uh, at Maga.io? Who are your, your customers primarily? Yeah, so the easy way to look at it is that we, we, we try to work with companies which are digitally dependent. However, they're not software companies, right? That's usually our focus. Like that's who we want to work with just because they're, they're a lot more fun sometimes. We, of course, have a lot of SaaS companies as well that, that we work with, right? Um, and they're a lot of fun, but SaaS companies are pretty smart sometimes, to, sometimes to their own detriment, which is always fun. But um, we help companies with two problems, right? So either they lack visibility into the customer journey or they lack the ability to engage during that customer journey. So really our client portfolio is pretty wide, but like we work with some really, really large companies. So as an example, King's Hawaiian, right? You probably had King's Hawaiian bread for Christmas or, or whatever, or for Thanksgiving, right? Hopefully you have it in your kitchen right now. Oh yeah. All the time, all the time. Love right. Them. 
Yeah. Kings of Wine is a customer of ours. So like a big name brand that people be familiar with. Um, Hydro, which is like the Peloton of rowing. Um, they have the sweetest rower ever with the iPad on the thing. It, it's amazing. Um, so large e-commerce brand. But then you also have like these random companies out of nowhere. We work with a company called Chem Impacts. So if you've ever gone to college and you had chemistry class and you had all those chemicals and all of those minerals and all of those things, Chem Impacts is who you would buy that from on the internet. And they sell to universities and colleges. Like who would have thought we'd ever work with the people that sell the chemicals that, are, that you would have in your chemistry class at a college? So it's definitely, it's definitely all over the place. Um, for us, when we think about working with a client, the first question is, is this going to be fun? Like, are these people cool to work with? Are they good to work with? The second question is, is it hard? And it, the last question is, is do they want to pay us enough money to be able to get it done? Um, and if those three things are all in line, I mean, we'll work with just about anybody. But we've, I mean, we've had some really, really cool clients. Eventbrite is a client. Uh, Maserati was a client. Segment, one of the customer data platforms was a client. So um, we've had some really big names. And then we've had companies, ForksOverKnives.com, which is, was the number one documentary in Netflix for five years in a row or something like that. So for anybody out there who still knows who that brand is, like they were a big client of ours for a long time. So it's all over the place. Like it just, it definitely is. And so, uh, so as you're working with those folks, you mentioned, you know, integration is one of the things that, that is, uh, is commonly overlooked. What are some of the things that, you know, post, uh, post Maga.io, uh, that they're, that they're rocking and rolling? What are some of the things that, that you help them implement and, uh, get them systematized and operationalized and, and get it rolling? I definitely think one of the biggest things is going to be, of course, analytics, right? That's one of the, the big mainstays of everything we do is we need to make sure that there's really, really good analytics. So naturally, uh, a lot of our clients are now able to do true multi-touch attribution, being able to see uh, a linear model or whatever model they want with return on ad spend. So true, like hardcore stuff. I mean, a considerable amount of our work is done on analytics and then as well as business intelligence. But what I would say is like the more fun stuff that we get to do is coming out with like lead generation campaigns or coming out with like unique ways to be able to grab the customer's attention and being able to convert them down the funnel. And I think one of my favorite kind of programs that we do a lot of work with is one, we love personalization, right? I, I can't stand it when I sign up for Banana Republic's email list. And the first thing I get is check out our summer selection and it's full of skirts and uh, blouses. And I'm like, listen, I love to buy clothes for my wife, but come on. My email says Dan McGon. It like do some profiling. We do a lot of progressive profiling and also data enrichment with our clients. So you give me your email. It could be uh, dog123 at gmail.com. Uh, we'll ping an enrichment API. We'll ask that API, hey, who is this person? What do you know about it? And it will tell us your first name, your last name. It'll tell us your interest. We can get what kind of vehicle do you drive? What type of interest do you have? Um, people like Experian, they drive a large SUV. So we love getting that information uh, and then using that to create better profiling. And then one of my favorite things to do, um, we did this for a company, Forks Over Knives earlier. So when you get their, um, their welcome email, you sign up for their email list, the, every buyer is in a different place of their buyer journey, right? And I think companies forget that. They treat everybody as like, oh, they came to our website. They must've just heard about us. Let me tell them about us. Um, and usually you have to understand that there's, they're at a different point. So the first email that we would send their new newsletter signups or the new recipe signups is, hey, thanks so much for joining the Forks Over Knives uh, community. We're super excited to have you here. Um, we're focused on helping people uh, enjoy and live a plant-based diet. Where are you at in your, your transition? And then it has five buttons that would say, I'm just curious about my vegan. I'm vegan curious. 
Another one would say, I'm just getting started. I'm struggling. Um, or I, I'm pretty vegan, but I still eat meat every once in a while. And the last one is like, I'm totally vegan. Don't need any help. They click that button, takes them back to the website. Naturally, there's UTM tracking on that. So all of that information gets stored in Google Analytics, which is great. But the analytics uh, would also integrate with our marketing automation tool. And then based upon their response, their entire experience changes. So if you're vegan, well, we know you probably just need to buy our vegan dressing. You don't need to take our vegan cooking class and you don't need to take our vegan meal planning. You're already vegan, like you're good at this stuff. So let's just sell you the grain kit. But if you are struggling to be vegan and you want to be clearly, um, we should probably get you set up with our meal planner because that's the best path of success. And the goal of getting each one of these buyer journeys right, naturally, we want to help people be successful. But at the same time, if we make people successful as a company, Forks Over Knives, uh, but we make a lot more money. So we have to really be able to take that into consideration is if we can better personalize, we can better segment and provide more authentic messaging to those individuals, whether that be through progressive profiling or personalization, they're going to buy more products. And um, we love doing those types of things. I mean, that's a big thing we're working on with another client right now is segmentation. How do we communicate? Do we communicate over email? Do we communicate over SMS? Um, and that's an interesting question that I have for you is, What's your thoughts on SMS marketing, right? Have you ever gotten a thing like get 20% off of a cookie now if you come to the store? What was your first reaction? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, uh, I, I, I recently have been getting a bunch of text messages from uh, the good people at Cost Plus World Market because uh, mm-hmm. I went there and bought, I don't know what I bought, bought something. Um, and uh, like a dresser? No, I don't know. I bought something. And I signed up and I got like 20% off to sign up for SMS. And I get the messages pretty frequently, frequently enough that it's like probably a little annoying. And I still haven't done kind of anything with it. But the funny thing is, I only have one company that I have that with. But mm. I just signed up for another thing, uh, or my wife signed up for this thing that basically is like a, um, we have a baby due in May. And so it's like a, it's like a push notification that you... Or it asks you questions about like the pregnancy and, you know, the baby stuff. And so you're basically, so it, it's tracking like a journal. So basically it's like journaling essentially, but it's via SMS mm-hmm. and it's super slick. And I was just thinking like, what a different experience those two things are, right? One is pushing like discounts to me of like, hey, you know, we have a 20% off sale. And the other one is like, it is part of the product. So it's a little different thing. But one is like asking me questions and getting information. And it's like, that's what you do with SMS, right? Is like, it's such a good engagement channel, not necessarily a push channel. And so that's that's just kind of my thoughts on SMS is like, I think it's a brilliant way to engage if you do it the right way. And it can be a little bit clunky and spammy if it's done wrong. And I, I think that is one of the reasons why like companies need to focus so much on what is that communication? Because the other brand is in essence, slightly turning you off, right? And you could hit stop and then they can never text you again, right? It's not like email where you can resubscribe in many cases. Some carriers like Verizon will completely just block them and they can't talk to you again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So uh, SMS is one of those things where we like to spend a lot of our time personalizing by asking questions. So and we'll, we'll have a little experiment for everybody that listens to this podcast. I'm going to give a text number so they can actually get a free copy of my book, right? So They'll experience a text bot. So whenever you want in, you can go do this on your own as well. Um, I'm doing it right now. The number is 415-915-9011. I'll say that again. It's 415-915-9011. 
1-800-529-9011. Now, if you text the word MARTECH, M-A-R-T-E-C-H, to that number, you'll get a text bot, right? And with this text bot, we can ask you questions. It's not very hard to build either. It's built using Autopilot and Twilio. Um, and they have a whole text bot building thing, which is pretty dope. But I can ask you a bunch of questions and it will personalize. We can say, oh, if they said this, do that. Um, and I think that's the part in marketing, when going back to the part that you said, the most overlooked kind of thing is people forget that people are human um, and they use automation to make a bunch of robots. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't like hanging out with robots. I like hanging out with people. And if your marketing makes me feel like I'm a human and I'm interacting with a human, uh, I'm usually going to be much, much more engaged with it. So going back to your texting situation, um, we always look at text messaging as a means of communication. Um, that's what people use texting for in the first place. So if you're able to make it so that, hey, we have a 20% special going on, and then also tying that with a question, you're going to get a much better impact, right? Or, hey, you just visited our location and ordered this. Would you rate it on a scale from one to five? Reply back and we'll give you a 20% discount on your next order. I'm going to be like, bro, it was a three. It wasn't that great. And then I'm going to get that 20% discount. And I'm going to be like, I'm using this. But that's the problem, I think, where marketers are so trained to be like a TV commercial that they, they're not very good at it. Uh, and that's the difference is with this new personalization, you can, you can do some really, really cool stuff. And it's really not that hard. Well, I think, uh, I think it's just so tough because 25% off does pretty well. 50% off does great. Buy one, get one does great. So it's like you have this escalating email hierarchy where it's like, you know, a lot of these marketers are pretty sophisticated and the data is like, hey, if you send an email that says 50% off winter wear, uh, you know, March 1st to the 5th, like you're going to, people are going to open, you know what I mean? So it's tough, but that doesn't mean that like that same messaging is right for everybody, right? Like that doesn't mean that I, that Ian wants that or whatever it is. So you text 41, you to 415-915-9011. And what do you text? Martech, the word M-A-R-T-E-C-H, all one word. Okay. I did it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll update at the end of the show. So yeah, I think that that's a great point. I mean, I think that the SMS stuff is, uh, is, is a lot, it's very private too. I mean, it's like a much more intimate channel, like you know, generally speaking, which is hilarious because we get sp spam calls all the time, which which is wild. You know, it's funny we spend all this time on GDPR, and I'm like, we haven't even touched the fact that people can spam you, uh, can waste like millions of dollars in in paper that they send to your house, or spam your phone twenty four seven. Feel like we should probably have <laughs> jumped on those first. Uh, not that GDPR is not important or very serious. I just mean like, uh, at least we're not like literally wasting like precious resources. But, uh, but I'm curious, yeah, what are, what are some other channels that, that, uh, that are standing out to you? You know, I hate to say this, but TikTok is by far one of my favorite channels right now. <laughs> so we've heard, we've started hearing that on the show. I don't, I, I don't even understand why, why, why people are sorry to say this because it's like, of course it's, it's super engaging. It's a great platform. I, I don't even think it's just funny that people even hate on it to begin with. I'm like, go spend an hour on there. It's like, well, it's really addictive, but it's just like, it's, it's a great platform. It's, I mean, it's, it's 10 times better than Facebook. I mean, for the, yeah. average, I mean, it is. It's, 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 I think the ads are, so uh, we have a TikTok actually came to us, asked us to make like, how do you advertise on TikTok? So we had to do like all this research on it, wound up not working with them just because it wasn't like in our, like, that's not what we do is teach people how to advertise. 
But like the advertising on it, people have a hard time because you have to understand like you've got to make a video and you've got to make an engaging video. It's a commercial and people struggle with that type of stuff compared to like Facebook ads where it's just an image. Some people do the videos and Facebook ads, but naturally the um, regular image ads or carousels are 10 to one compared to video in many cases. But it's just the platform's super, super cheap. If your demographic is a little bit younger, a little bit more fun, um, you, you can get a lot of uh, stuff done on there. Uh, I spend probably about 30 minutes a day on TikTok. And on Saturdays, that goes up to like an hour to an hour and a half. Like literally there's warnings in the app that will come up after an hour. There's like, you've been using TikTok too long. You should probably get a drink. Uh, it's so funny. But uh, TikTok's a pretty cool channel. I think Reddit is another channel, which a lot of companies don't use. I was saying this before the whole GME uh, stock price crazy thing. Reddit is really, really cheap, uh, but you have to understand your market. For me, I think channels come down to your market. I mean, a lot of, uh, going back to SMS, I love SMS. In regards to SMS, just so you know, Ian, just to pick on you a little bit, you don't know how to spell MarTech. I, got, I just checked the system to see what uh, was sent in. There's an H at the end of MarTech. So if you type in MarTech with an H, we'll start to make some process here. Okay? First of all, I... I... <laughs> It's not my fault because uh, people, <laughs> if you search MarTech without an H, uh, that is exactly uh, how some random people like myself spell it. Second of all, uh, I did hit uh, send a little early, but... Uh, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Back to the channels though. So the, the thing that I would definitely say, one of the, there was a study that was done not long ago is that Google ads and Facebook are of course being annihilated with, with volume, right? Like everybody's on Google ads, everybody's on Facebook ads, but you know what everybody stopped doing? They stopped doing radio, which is crazy. And then they also stopped doing direct mail. Um, and the technology for both of those things have come a long way. And direct mail is one of my favorite channels to play with because with a lob.com, L-O-B.com, um, you can do API driven direct mail. I can send somebody a letter. I can send somebody a utility bill. I can send them a postcard. Um, I can do all kinds of stuff with Sendoso. Sendoso is actually the sponsor of my book. So for everybody here who uh, orders a copy of my book, Sendoso.com uh, actually helps send all of my books. I'm a, an ambassador for them. They like cover my shipping, but the... Um, the big thing about uh, that is people are so used to just digital that when they get a hard good, uh, they're super, super excited by it. So I just think that we live in this multi-channel world where the physical and digital can be leveraged at the same time. Uh, and we have the technology to do it. Uh, and it's, it's not that hard. You just have to take the extra brain power to do it. And when you create those magical experiences for people, I really do think, I should say, I, I think, I know how much of an impact it makes to the bottom line. I mean, we work with a, a large auto insurance company um, out of the Northeast and direct mail is a huge part of their business, right? And direct mail is a huge part of their digital business and connecting the two dots. Um, so you, you really, every business can use direct mail. If you're a bakery, direct mail is great. If you're a car dealership, it's great. If you're a podcasting company, direct mail is good if you know who your people are. SMS is great because look, I just converted everybody who listens to this podcast to my little bot, and now I have everybody's home address. And now I can send you direct mail. So like, connect all the dots together and you can do some really cool stuff. And boy, am I requesting some great stuff. We have barbecue. There's going to be a lot of requests. Uh, I want snacks. Um, so I'm just chatting with your bot right now. Um, let's talk about the book. Yeah. Build cool. What are we building? Uh, why'd you write the book? Yeah, great question. So one, I, I think that, and I, I think the problem is, is people don't understand the marketing stack, the modern marketing stack. 
when they think of marketing, they think of Google Analytics, maybe Marketo, maybe Salesforce, maybe MailChimp, right? Maybe some some other analytics, but they don't really integrate the tools together. Um, and they also don't understand what are the final outcomes that you can create by integrating the stack correctly. So the book really does break down, hey, if you string your tools together and integrate them right. So in the book, we use a case study talking about um, Amplitude, Segment, uh, Autopilot, Salesforce, and Clearbit. Um, and if you connect all these tools together in the way that we talk about in the book, you can do automated and personalized emails. You can do progressive profiling. You can do lead scoring uh, to make it that, so that sales only talks to the right people. Um, and if you integrate it all correctly, you can now track your offline actions, um, like your sales reps picking up a lead uh, in your online web analytics tool. So I th- like an area that's a black box for most companies User comes to a website, user fills out form. I now know they're john at gmail.com. Okay, great. Lead goes into Salesforce. Salesforce rep picks up phone, calls John. Well, as soon as it goes to Salesforce, your web analytics stops tracking. Like there's no more tracking. They're just gone. And if that deal is closed offline, okay, well, great. Now you have a deal in Salesforce that's been closed, but it's not attached to their online attribution or other stuff. So the book talks about how do you close that loop by leveraging products like Segment and Autopilot to be able to kind of move this data around. So that way, even in your web analytics tool, in, this, in the use case is Amplitude in the book, it says, it says, hey, we can see that a, a rep picked up the deal. We can see when a rep closed the deal. We can see it as it goes through each lead stage because we connected Segment to Autopilot and Salesforce. So I try to take these, one, very complex things and I distill them down very, very simply. And then I, it's a color book. I mean, it has color pictures of how to do this. Like, what should you do? How would you do it? Um, we just try to make it really easy because at the end of the day, what you don't know uh, is, is the hardest thing to learn. And if somebody can break that down, it makes it a lot easier. So the book tries to really put this at the C-suite level. So, uh, uh, I mean, that's why it's colors. We all know that C-suite don't understand tech usually. So we try to make it really easy for everybody to pick it up and be like, oh, now I get it. Like, this is... Not that scary. I just got to do it. Yeah. I'm curious, like as you were doing research for the book, as all good marketers do, uh, about the, uh, about, you know, some of the things that, that we need. Is it, are we just at the point where from a, a MarTech with a, with an H, a MarTech stack? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. That some people just want the easy button. Cause I think that, you know, the conversations that we have with CMOs a lot of times, privately are around them asking each other, hey, what's your, what are you on right now? Like, what's your stack look like? And kind of mm-hmm. like comparing notes, but we kind of don't do that in public very often. Yeah. I mean, definitely people want the easy button. And that's one of the reasons why we wrote the book is to show you the easy process and the easy way to do it um, without overcomplicating it. One thing in transparency, I mean, we're, we're in the process of creating our own podcast called The Stack, which will be all about CMOs and VPs of marketing coming on our show and talking about what is in their stack? Why would they choose that? How would they change things? What are the results they're getting? What is the new cool thing that they're doing? What was the hard thing they just experienced? Um, because this is something that you don't hear a lot of people uh, really, there's, there's not a lot of medium for people to talk about that stuff. So we are creating a podcast later this year to do that. The hard part is a lack of understanding and a lack of time to really research. And I think that's where when you read the internet, you get all of this different stuff we have, there's a company we wrote the book about. They're called realthread.com. It's written about RealThread's problem. It's then written about how we set up the stack to solve their problem. And then the three outcomes that we need to accomplish uh, leveraging their stack. So that way it made it very much a story because it is, it is a story. 
Um, and then as well as talks about um, how you would string these things together to really make it easy for somebody to understand. Because I think the problem is, is as you're reading the internet, somebody's got an agenda many times in regards to these tools. So segments like you've got to do it our way. And it's like, well, your way isn't always the best for somebody. So we definitely tried to cut out the fluff and get rid of all the BS in there and make it really straightforward to, to, and align it with a story to make it easy to understand. So what are some examples of, uh, you know, campaigns or, or initiatives or, or things that you've done over the past couple of years that really speak to once you have that whole foundation set, then you can, uh, your past crawl and walk and you can really do some cool stuff. Yeah. So, um, we work with a, a large SaaS company, right? And we we completely uh, rebuilt their stack. They came to us when they were in the process of having a new website built and they wanted to have their stack re-architected so that way they could be on the modern stack. And we we hooked them up with, um, we got Segment running on their website. We got Marketo set up with them. They already had Marketo and Salesforce, but we got them all connected correctly. And one of the big things that they wanted to be able to accomplish was with the scale that they're doing, they need to be able to use, in essence, artificial intelligence, machine learning style, A-B testing. Um, there's, there's proof out there that as a company, your growth uh, line is as linear as the same number of tests that you're running. So if you run, and I'm just trying to make this as easy as possible, um, this is not the exact statistic, but if you're running two experiments, two experiments per month, you can expect to see linear growth of 2, 2%, right? And that's not the exact statistic, but if you're running the next month, you're running 10 experiments. Well, you should see, in essence, your growth, whatever that trajectory, start being able to increase by that same factor of five. Um, and I'm not saying your company's going to grow 10 times, 10% per month more. I'm just saying whatever your growth rate is, it's going to grow in a relatively linear line as you're experimenting. So if you're doing no experimenting, you're going to grow slower. If you're doing a lot of experimenting, you're, doing, you're going to grow faster. So in their case, they really needed to make sure that they had good data to be able to track what was happening on each web page, what was happening with those customers throughout the entire funnel, once they got into Marketo, once they got into Salesforce. And by connecting all these things together, we were able to get them to use a, a product called Intellimize. Um, Intellimize is, is artificial intelligence, A-B testing. It's running 50 variants on every single page all the time. And then it's changing those variants based upon what we know about that individual viewing the page. Um, and that was probably some of the coolest stuff that we've really done. They've been able to massively increase their conversion rates and then also personalize the site to those individual users coming to uh, the site. But all of that started with the fact of, I, I think another thing, which is commonly overlooked, you had to get the data taxonomy right. Um, because without good data taxonomy that's been integrated, the data dictionary, the schema, whatever you want to call it, the attributes we track about people and their actions. Um, if that was bad, we wouldn't have been able to have a great outcome in regards to the artificial intelligence A-B testing because if garbage in is garbage out, right? So um, that would definitely be probably one of the, the most recent fun kind of cool programs that we really had to double down on just to be able to see like, we don't have to run A-B tests anymore. This software does it for us and it's getting better results than the humans. Okay, let's get into our lightning round questions. These questions are fast and easy just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM, that is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction, automate engagement with each customer. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. They've been with us for 250 plus episodes of Marketing Trends. Go check them out, salesforce.com slash marketing. Lightning round questions. Dan, are you ready? Oh my gosh, I'm intimidated right now. Let's do this. Best thing to do in Orlando? 
Oh man, what a hard question. Jeez. Was not expecting that. You totally threw me off on that one. Best thing to do in Orlando. Leave? I don't know. Go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, I live here. <laughs> Shots fired at yourself and uh and Aaron, uh, our producer, uh living in Oh man, sorry. Um I hear I hear there's great wings. There's great wings. Where do we get wings? There's where are the wings at? We got to talk to your producer after the show because I'm all in it. I'm all in on wings. Do you have currently a a book or a podcast or a show that you've been binging recently? Uh, more or less, which is one of my favorite uh, podcasts. It's by the BBC. It's the, it's the it's a statistics podcast which talks about how there's facts in life that people share which are totally incorrect. They then dig in on those stats and. Um, Find out whether it was correct or not, because statistics are typically misexplained uh, and create amazing headlines, but are way false. Um, so more or less is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, that's probably what I listen to the most. If you could interview a non-marketer on your podcast, who would it be? Uh, ben Horowitz from, uh, what is he with? Kleiner and Perkins? No. Andreessen uh, <laughs> Horowitz. Andreessen Horowitz. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would, I would interview, uh, Ben Horowitz and I would ask him, uh, questions about his book, the hard thing of hard things. And, you know, uh, I would probably also say Ray Dalio, uh, the founder of, uh, Bridgewater Associates. I'd probably say uh, Ray Dalio or Ben Horowitz. Sorry to give you two, but that's all um, good. if you haven't read the book principles, have you ever read the book principles? So I've, I've skimmed, I, I didn't dive in, uh, but I did skim. It's dense. It's yeah, it's super very dense. dense. Like my my wife was like, I tried to read it, but I gave up on like page twenty. Yeah, it's a little um, dense for 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 my taste as well. I mean, like I know it's everybody says it's like the best book ever, and it is it is it is really good. I I just I'm kind of like a uh, I don't know if it's it's the marketer in me, but it's like um, you know it's the it's the old adage, the Mark Twain. I, I would have I would have wrote you uh, a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. Right? It's like. The book, book publishers want you to write a book that's, you know, whatever, 200 pages. Uh, I need it in 20. You can do it. I promise. Unless you're, unless you're fiction. No. Yeah, no. Uh, you'll love my book. Uh, I'm actually hitting the uh, approval button right now on your shipping. Thanks so much for going <laughs> yeah, through the that's text right. bot. <laughs> so uh, thanks for going through the system, but um, I'm hitting approval on shipping your book right now. The, I would agree. My book is 120 pages and it's colored images in it. It's super high quality of a book. So I think you'll, you'll do great with it. But the book principles uh, was definitely a dense book, but I see eye to eye with Ray Dalio and a lot of things in the book, but I will say it was like, is this thing ever going to end? Oh my God. Um, so I could agree with you there. Yeah. The, uh, I forget. I think it was Ryan holiday or somebody made a, a great point where they're like, um, Basically, authors essentially spend the first third of the book like making their point, the second third like reinforcing it, and then the the final third giving examples. And so there mm-hmm. is like his big thing, or maybe it's Naval, I don't know, somebody was like, just once you get bored of a book, just literally put it down. Who cares? Like just move on to the next thing. Like it's fine. You probably got you probably got the majority of the information. You don't need to finish it cover to cover. And that's like it helps helps you read more. Um, mm-hmm. that's why we create podcasts around here. Best advice for a first-time entrepreneur? Shut the f- up and do it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what's qu- what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? Will you marry me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if you're getting if you're getting that asked more often, it, it might be a crazy crazy week. All right. How about this? 
If you weren't in marketing or in business at all, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be working in a restaurant. I'd be running a restaurant. I I miss working in restaurants more than anything. If the money was good, the hours didn't suck, I'd be working in a restaurant right now. I love it. I love the restaurant business. I love it. Dan, thanks so much for hanging out. Everybody, uh, uh, go get, go text the number. Uh, what's the number again? 415-915-9011. And MarTech is spelled M-A-R-T-E-C-H. Got to have the H at the end. Don't get trigger happy on that, uh, on the, on the, on the H. Uh, it took, what is it? It took here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven texts. That's all it takes. Took me, uh, about three minutes to, uh, to do it. Uh, Dan, thanks again for, for coming on. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you being here. Any final thoughts, anything to plug? No, go check out maga.io. Go check out utm.io. And then we'll, we'll talk to everybody soon. Take care. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.